Hey there, you're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If doing all the things you were told to do to grow your practice have left you overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic who are just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. If you're done with spinal screenings and health fears, want more time freedom, more money in your bank account, and a practice that you love without sacrificing your health, be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Now, sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am here today with a special guest to the Aligned Women podcast. This is Allison Taylor. And Allison is the co-creator, the co-founder of the Jane app. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Allison, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and share more about who you are as a person before we talk about your company. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it's hard to take those two things apart. I was thinking about that today, actually, as a founder of a business, how it it's kind of work all the time and life all the time, which is, I think, very relevant to what it is that you do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Talking about on the day to day. But um, I'm Allie. I always say there's a few things that people will always say in the first two minutes of meeting them. And that really defines who they are. So my sister's a teacher. You will learn she's a teacher within the first two minutes of meeting her. Um, and I always feel a little bit uh not full. Like I, like people don't have a full picture of me if they don't know that I have three children. I feel like that's a big part of my, who I am. Um, and that I, uh, I'm a business owner and, um, I'm probably a Canadian. I should, that's also part of who I am. So, um, I have, uh, do you want me, I can just tell you the story of kind of where Jane started, which I think fills in a bit of sure. Yeah. Too. So, um, I opened a multidisciplinary practice in 2011. Um, It's physical therapy, chiropractic, uh, massage therapy, counselors, midwives, dietitians, um, acupuncturists, osteo. There's actually about 12 different disciplines. Uh, It's still still going. There's still many people still practicing out of there. Um, And in that process, I was looking for software. But at the time, especially back in 2011, online booking and electronic charting, there just was very few options and especially good options for me working with that kind of a range of practitioners. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was building out this space and I was building a website and I was convincing practitioners to join a brand new practice, which, you know, is, I was kind of like selling a dream. Like, I promise you, there will be a beautiful practice here and I'm going to, you know, there's going to be patients. It's going to be amazing. And I knew a website was really important to that, including online booking. And I didn't want to store paper charts. So I had this problem I needed to solve. Um, and my friend, Trevor, who is now my co-founder, he had a marketing agency and they were doing my website. So they were doing my website and my branding and they had built this beautiful um, design for Jane online. And I was kind of complaining just very loudly and showing Trevor all the time, like, look at this. This is horrific. This is my option. This is what I'm going to have to use. And so he offered to build me something as part of my website. So kind of the original version of Jane, just I just used it in my own practice for a year and a half. Uh, and it had kind of very little problems. Like I only had to contact Trevor a couple of times. I hosted it in my own practice. And it was just sort of, it was just something that we um, had built for me. And, um, and was then- Was it called the Jane app at that time? It was not, no. <laughs> it, was, it had no name. It was just my- 
it was my online booking software, I guess. It was my yeah. website. Um, and so, but interestingly, the design of the charting is quite similar. There's some things that have kind of have made it through the last seven, nine years. Holy, nine years. Whoa, that's a long time. So I opened the practice the year my youngest was born. So he's sort of a visual reminder of how long ago that was as he gets older, which is sometimes a bit shocking how fast that happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, then other people started asking about it because the online booking was visible, obviously, to other people. Um, and they were contacting me and they were contacting Trevor because his company's name was at the bottom of my website. And then he said, um, like, so about a year and a half later, he was like, hey, do you want to kind of partner up and maybe other people want to license this thing? And we can start selling it to other practices. And originally, we thought it was going to be just sort of this side project. Um, <laughs> I think the original business plan had five staff total. And we were just going to continue to do our thing. And it was going to sort of run in the background. Um, but now Jane has 100 staff. And it's certainly not running in the background. Wow, 100. <laughs> That's big. I didn't know that there were that many people working in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's apparently it was a need that more than just I had. So yeah, yeah. So it started growing. And we, um, we, you know, we did every demo, I used to take um, support calls, I'd be going for a run. And they'd call my cell phone, because, you know, in the early days, that's where people were getting support. And I would stop on the side of the trail and try not to breathe too heavily, and then talk people through what they were, what they were asking about. So it's been quite the evolution but uh, a really fun one. And there's still so much more that we have to do. So I think that's, yeah, that's sort of the backstory of where Jane came from. So what was the year that you officially started launching or offering the program to other, uh, in, other practices? In 2014. So it's been six years almost. Yeah. Well, I think that people have a perception that Jane is really, really new, but I wouldn't call six years in the software world new. Well, I think it's newer to the U.S. So because we started in Canada, so we launched just, and when we say launched, like we don't have any salespeople. Um, it's it's almost entirely word of mouth referral. So I like to say that we grow the same way that you you do as a practice, which is you provide a great service, people tell their friends and family, and then you get more customers. Yeah. And so we didn't have sales and we only just added a marketing team this in the last six months, seven months. So it's wow. been entirely just word of mouth growth. And so for I think that's one of the reasons why we are viewed as maybe newer in the US market is because we started in Vancouver. We just we went to three um, trade shows, like three conferences. And we put up our booth and we stayed from like six in the morning till we were the last person to tear down. Like the last people are walking by and we're like, hey, do you want to hear about Jane? Like, <laughs> And we did every conference. Now we go to 50, we went to 50 conferences last year. Um, but Trevor and I did every one up until last year. It was hard to wow. going. We still you go to- went to 50 conferences last year. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do more probably next year, but that's, a, it's, that's worldwide. Wow, that's a lot of travel, especially for a mom that has three kiddos. Home. Yeah, I'm limiting it to one trip a month now for this year. Um, but and they're, I mean, they're phenomenal. Like my daughter's 12, and you reach this sudden very. It's a very sudden shift to when they're very capable and self-sufficient. Um, and I've 
I call it independence parenting. I very much support them learning how to do things on their own. Yeah. Some people might call it lazy parenting when I just don't want to get up and make them food. I'm like, please figure it out yourself. I call it teaching them life skills. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> it in a positive way. Uh, so they are, I mean, they're, they're so fun at this age, like 12, I've, they're 12, 10 and eight and just so capable, just so capable and interesting. And so yeah, that's, that's been good. They're really good with the travel. And then I take I'm curious to hear from you, whose idea was it to make the Jane branding so pretty? Well, so Trevor has a marketing background, right? So this is where um, my people in the tech world are always talking about co-founders and who you should, you know, you have an idea and, and you need to find a technical co-founder. And it didn't really happen that way for us because we were already working together. But he has, so Trevor has, a, he's a full stack developer, which means he develops at every layer of um, software. So he does like the back end and the front end. So the part that you see and the part that you don't, he can develop that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also has design skills. So it's basically like that doesn't exist. Like he's kind of like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's, that was a big part of the beginning because it was just him and I. So he was doing all the design and all the coding. And then I was doing all the customer um, work. And then together now we've grown the business. So we're, we co-CEO. So we lead Jane together. When I look at the colors and the fonts, I feel like it really speaks to women. Would you say that that's who yeah. you think that the software is best for? No. And if so, why? No, not at all. It wasn't at all designed with like women specifically in mind, but it was designed with ease of use and, um, an enjoyment of use and to enjoy using something, you do need it to be sort of visually beautiful. Yes. Also a sort of a shift that it's what they call the app-like experience, the consumer app-like experience. Um, So consumers, we're now used to beautifully designed apps everywhere all the time, anything that's coming out that's new. And so uh, that's leaking into the business world more and more. So it used to be that you could have an enterprise level solution that was just like, horrible to work with and that was acceptable but now people I think are wanting something that's a little bit more visually appealing when they're well let's face it I mean documentation and chart notes are not generally any practitioner's favorite thing to do so if there's any uh, way that you can ease their resistance to doing the work that they have to do as part of their operations then why not well, it's actually a shockingly difficult thing to do to make Jane both um, both robust in what it can do, so complex. And you know, I mean, insurance billing and medical chart, like all the things that we're doing are quite complex. Like the needs mm-hmm. are so different across. Every different practitioner behaves differently and wants to do their clinical notes differently. And so we have to try and create a system that feels like it was made just for you, even though it has to work for thousands and thousands of practitioners who are all operating in a different way. But um, I'm going to pass along this to Trevor. He will be thrilled to know that it's one of the things that you like about it because he fiercely protects it and sometimes almost to a fault. So originally we had three colors for the treatments Hmm. and people kept asking, we want more colors, we want more colors. And he was like, no, no, that makes it look so ugly. And finally he caved and added, I think, four more. So I think there's six now. But still, if you go into our um, feature request area, more colors on the schedule is like one of the top feature requests. So I was like, oh, I took them three years to add four more colors. I don't know if you're going to be able to get more, but it's also just like, why do you want more colors? People want a visual cue of something. 
So we need to find out what, and then just make it visually more apparent to them, whatever it is they're searching for. Yeah. Asking the why behind the feature requests is something we have to do a lot. Yeah. And sometimes people think that they need something, but they actually need something else. And so if you can dig into it with them, then you find other solutions that might actually even work better. Like being a practitioner too, like this hurts, but they don't tell you about all the other things that are hurting that are causing that thing to hurt. Yes. Yeah, you do definitely have to dig down. Um, So what does your life look like now that you have what I would call a pretty big company for a small business that you launched um, a few years ago and you are a practitioner as well? Um, On the day-to-day, are you operating in both businesses or how are you managing your time growing both? I'm not a practitioner, um, which is a bit of a I mean, I think I get called a practitioner by every day. I've been called a Cairo and a physical therapist. And everyone thinks that I am whatever they are, which is kind of nice. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Um, but I'm a clinic owner, but not a practitioner. Uh, my parents are both physical therapists. So I sort of grew up in that world. And I actually have a degree in English literature with a minor in psychology. So I used to say it wasn't relevant at all to what I'm doing today. But I do think that there is actually quite a lot of relevance because Um, Growing a team requires a huge amount of communication, and so does customer communication. Yes. Uh, And uh, the psychology part is just relevant in every single part of life. Human behavior, I think, is the most fascinating thing. And so building a company and growing a company, there's just the behavioral insights that, and having tried to understand people's motivations and what excites them. And anyway, there's, there's so many parallels between growing a business and growing a family. You could you could write a whole book on that for sure. For sure. Yes. I, yeah, my day-to-day is, um, it's, I don't work day-to-day in the clinic anymore. So I have a manager that runs that. It's a, it's a quite simple room rental model. So I have all the practitioners. I rent the rooms out in two shifts a day and they provide most of their equipment. I provide the beds, um, admin staff and all of the, uh, and the software obviously. And so before Jane started, I was actually looking at franchising it because I kind of grown it to the, as, I couldn't get any bigger. Like there's a cap when you have a physical location of how big you can make it. Yep. Like, okay, well I'm bored. <laughs> I want to <laughs> I'm like, now what can I do with this? this is, I mean, I got a great brand and I had, it's always a pull. Like I had practitioners from other locations asking, oh, well, can you open one here? Cause I want to do this, but I don't want to come all the way to the North shore. Like I want to rent a room, but I want it to be in Steveston, this other um, area in Vancouver. And so I started looking into franchising, which back in 2011, um, the internet just didn't have quite the reach it did that is a, as it does today. So I had to go to the library. I went to the library and got a book like franchising for dummies. And I started trying to learn about how to do this because I thought franchising would be the best model. So there'd be someone who cared, who was on the ground in the practice. Um, and then I would have to, anyway, I just started looking into it and then Jane happened. So I never went in that direction. Um, so I don't, I'm not the day to day there that just runs pretty smoothly with the manager. I think if I have a, if my manager leaves suddenly, I'll have to go back and sit at the front desk again. Mm. <laughs> so, so far that hasn't happened. Um, and then my day to day is mostly just working at Jane now. And it is fascinating going from a doer to a manager, like a doer to a leader. That's been a really fun and interesting transition. I find it's a really hard transition, especially if if what you are used to experiencing is providing care one person at a time. And that's what, that's what you've known for a long time. And you transition to something that is much different for me. It's been really challenging to like take myself out of the role where I'm not 
doing so much, but I'm leading more Absolutely. so. Yeah, I found I did find that interesting. I like I think last week was the first time I walked through our support room without feeling guilty that I wasn't picking up a phone call. And I suddenly realized that no one's expecting me to anymore. Although I still like to answer emails and, and calls, it's still like very our, our our customer base is the most lovely group of people. I don't know what it is about the people that choose to work with Jane, but they are seriously the most wonderful people of all time. We have some support people that move over from different companies and someone will have like a rough call, which is someone being mildly frustrated about something. And they'll be like, that was a bad call for you. I'm like, yeah, that's about as bad as it gets. Like their customers <laughs> are so lovely. But our, because Jane's doubled every year, we've doubled every year for however many years. And so we heard someone speak once and they said that that means you have to be doubly as good as a leader, um, which is kind of funny and sort of true. So I, I do a lot of reading, um, trying to make sure that I'm learning all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we talk to our team a lot about how no, we've never led a company of this size before. Tomorrow we're going to have another employee. We've never led a company of this size before. So we kind of talk a lot about not expecting perfection from anybody. Um, we have, I say that the first time we do something, it's a learning. Like it's not even a mistake. People say the first time you make a mistake, you learn. I'm like, it's not a mistake yet because you're learning the first time. The second time you do the same thing wrong, it's a mistake. The second time, not the first time. And then the third time you do the same thing wrong, then it's a problem. So then we need to like <laughs> work on this. I love that. <laughs> and I'm like, the first time is not a mistake. Like you're just, we're still learning. We're still learning at that point. And that's totally fine. I think that's so applicable for so much of our audience, you know, as well from um, something that you might do with marketing or an event that you host or um, hiring your first associate. It never goes perfectly well the first time. Yeah. And if you expect it to, you will live a life of constant disappointment in yourself and in life, actually, because nothing ever goes smoothly the first time. We call it, um, I call it ripples at work. So I'm like, okay, what ripples did we just cause by this change? And that can be like a product change. That can be a process change at work. It can be anything. Um, and then we try to address the ripples. And then if we can't, if and then we try to address the ripples once. And if we can't address the ripples, then we have to go back to the original cause and be like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't the best move and maybe we should reverse course. But never, you never throw it away until you've figured out if you can fix it first. If there's so many knee-jerk reactions that people do. Then you, and what you don't realize is you fix your original problem and you cause some new problems fine. That's totally fine. Now let's try to fix the new problems. But often people throw away the original solution and go back to the original problems because <laughs> it caused some new problems. I'm like, that's just going to happen. So now you got to address the new problems. Yes. So yeah. Um, jumping topics here. I'm curious to hear from you how the name Jane was chosen for essentially a software program. Yeah, I know. And the logo, people used to say our logo looked like a feminine hygiene product. Product. <laughs> I'm like, I guess it sort of does look a little bit like it could be. Um, but uh, so Jane was, it was a bit of a branding exercise because we were going through all the competitors. And at the time, many of them were things like um, Clinic Master, Clinic Server Practice, Perfect Practice Fusion. They sort of all had these generic um, two clinical sort of soundy words put together. Yep. And uh, a lot of people didn't, if you ask them what they were using, they couldn't even remember the name of their software. They were like, oh, it's practice something. Or, you know, especially if they'd gone through a few and they were all sort of similar sounding, they had a really hard time remembering the names. So we knew we wanted to be something um, a little bit different than that. 
And then we knew that we that Jane was going to be something that we really wanted to be helpful and that we could personify Jane a bit. So it was like the idea was that we're here to help in your practice. And so um, Jane was just a really simple, memorable, it was easy to spell. Um, it sort of had that friendliness to it. Oddly, a few times now it's come up only recently this year, people are like, well, it's a bit sexist. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? And then my response is always like, Oh, I always swear. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to swear. <laughs> I'm like, Jane's like a powerhouse. Like, Jane is a rock star. Like, how dare you say it's sexist? Jane, like, women should be proud that Jane has a woman's name. Like, it made me so, I was just like, what? But I understand where they're coming from. Because they think it's like, we're saying Jane's like a receptionist. Oh, you know, mm, that's interesting. I, that thought had never crossed my mind. No, mine either, obviously. Um, so I always thought that was actually quite funny feedback. And I think most people, I mean, I don't know if it diff- makes a difference that there's a female founder involved. Maybe it would feel different. It was two men that was like, here's Jane, your receptionist. Yes. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> and it's kind of a fascinating conversation. But no, I'm super, I'm, I'm, I would name it my name and be super proud of that. Although that that's, would be a, that's a really uh, insightful point, though, about branding overall, right? It's that... Um, we often name, like in chiropractic, we name the practice Eaton Chiropractic, which is to me like super boring and very generic. That's not to offend anyone who has a practice with your last name, chiropractic, but it kind of, it doesn't set you apart from anyone else that also has the same kind of practice name. It's not necessarily memorable. It's your name. It doesn't tell your target market what you're about. It only tells them what you do and who you are. Yeah, I think it depends, too, if you have personal branding already, though. If you have credit behind your name in a community, I think that can be powerful. People call me Jane all the time. I'm like, oh, wow. So you are Jane. (laughs) I did not name the product after myself. (laughs) It's funny when I'm at trade shows and there's a huge Jane in the background. I'm like, no, I did not. I did not do this just so that I could print my name very large on everything. Um. But I think, yeah, clinic naming and branding, I managed um, clinics, I purchased, a, I brokered the purchase of a clinic, I opened a clinic. So I've gone through that same exercise a few times. And Canopy, we named, um, actually the story is on my website of why it's called Canopy. So the idea of it, it's like an overarching, now I could sell it for, I'm sure I could sell it for, to a marijuana company for millions of dollars. I should look into that. <laughs> but it's like an overarching Canopy that, um, made up of many different branches was sort of the idea because it's mm-hmm. um, different practitioners all working there. And I knew I wanted something that was, because um, we're in Vancouver, it sort of felt outdoorsy and part of nature. Anyway, we did a, it was like lists and lists and lists to get to names though. They can, it can be a hard exercise to find the perfect name. And then one that has a domain that's available. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I just recently experienced that. Did you? Over the last couple of days, right. There's a domain I've been wanting to buy and um, I just happened to type it into Google to see like what is happening at this domain that I want to buy that has been dormant for a long time. And GoDaddy said it was um, available and then actually it's not available for purchase. And I was like, oh, that's frustrating. <laughs> uh, we were a week away from buying Jane.com. And the clothing company in the U.S. bought it a week before us from this woman in the in the U.K. 
like the woman named Jane who owned her own domain and then she sold it a week before we contacted wow. her. Wow. Which that's, was so frustrating. That's a big deal. So what now, do you love most about Jane? Jane? Maybe not necessarily about the software itself. We could take both approaches. What do you love most about Jane as the um, the product? And what do you love most about the business and being the co-founder of the business? I actually don't know, know that I could have any other job. I love it's. I love that it's um, always changing. So I'm never bored. So this is the first time in my life I think that I, I've been part of something that changes so regularly like the only thing that's constant is change is who I don't know who said that someone very famous but <laughs> probably old and famous <laughs> but the thing that I like about Jane is that it is constantly changing so I have to learn it forces me to learn and I I really love learning new things um, and so I think I was just saying this in a meeting um, in high school I think every single time I had a comment on one of my classes it was the exact same it said Allison is very bright, but doesn't apply herself. This was what I got on like every single comment in high school. Wow. I was just, it was just, it wasn't my style of learning. I didn't Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Um, And so, yeah, I just needed to find something that I could keep learning, I think, and trying new things. Um, We were talking about this the other day, like what is your best day at work? When you have like the best day where you get home, like that was a phenomenal day. It looks different for everybody. Some people, that means they got to do this, the thing that they do really well all day in the exact same way. Some people, it means I talked to so many people that day. Some people, it means I didn't have to talk to anybody and I just got to work on my computer. That's my day. <laughs> I don't have to talk to anyone. What? And you have a podcast? Yes. <laughs> but I don't podcast every day. That's right. So your favorite days are the days that you're not recording your The podcast. days I can just like hold away and like get a product done and I don't have to talk to anybody in the house or yeah, like, no clients like it's just and in the zone with the that. thing that I'm doing and I'm alone. Yeah. Interesting. So this is what I think. I'm like your job, if possible, you should be spending 90% of the time doing the parts that really excite you and that you really love. And the thing about Jane is that I get to do that. So when I have something that I don't really love, I get to say, okay, as we grow, that part of my role can can move off to someone who does love that. Yes. You're the parts that I do love the most. And I love, um, I'm obsessed right now with the idea of communication and trust uh, and how that scales in a team, but I'll, and how scaling our team and scaling with our customers looks very similar. So if we have um, transparency, communication, trust within our, our team, that really does flow over to with, it, with our customers because that's mm-hmm. how our team then treats our customers. Yes. It's, it's really fascinating. I'm reading this book right now. I'm going to plug it because it's so good. It's called um, What You Do Is Who You Are. And it's by uh, Ben Horowitz. It's how to create your business culture. But it, he brings in stories from like slave revolutions and prison and all these places where someone had to lead a group of people um, and they successfully did so. And then he just brings that into the idea of business. So like, how did these people managed to create this sort of this culture and culture is all that kind of stuck these people together um, and created huge uh, behavioral changes mm-hmm. and it's really good it's really fast I'm only reading a chapter at a time it's like eating a really delicious cake or something that you want to savor or you know when you have a book that you can only read a chapter at a time and then you have to wait to like pace yourself but it's really good yeah so I think that's that's my favorite part of growing Jane. Um, What's the biggest struggle for you? 
I think uh, I have always found that work work-life balance as a term is kind of a term I don't really enjoy. I also have a no guilt mentality. I call it no guilt parenting. I'm like, you guys, everyone should just give up on the idea that you're, that your family is going to look like anyone else's family. And I um, say that to my children constantly. I'm like, every family is different. Our family looks like this. Um, So I think that it has been, it's definitely always a struggle to find that balance and fit everything in. So like last weekend I had my kids had three birthday parties and six sports. And then I was trying to fit in two teacher interviews this week, you know, trying to get it all organized, but it's fine. I always say I'm less busy than someone with four kids. It's always, (laughs) it's all relative. I'm like, I have three kids in the business, but I'm less busy than the person with four kids. So whoever you are out there with four kids, five kids, five, four, four, Four. I'm raising my hand. Yeah. You're, you I there's three of them and the oldest is my stepdaughter. And, um, so she's not with us full time, but it, that also adds its own dynamics. Totally. I kind of right? it's like, like transition between houses and, Oh, you forgot yes. something here. Mm-hmm. I know. Amazing. And the so, distance yeah. in between there and here where she is with her mom and where we are and, yeah. and, and who's doing what and the communication that's required <laughs> yes. and the relationship management now with an extra person. And that person has relationships with like all of you. So now yeah. there's all of the different dynamics. Okay. So you should tell us you have the four kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you give me your best piece of advice. Oh gosh. I, well, I definitely agree. No family looks like another family. Like you have to just figure out what works for you and for your family, embrace it. And that's really like one of our core values in our community for women in chiropractic is do what works best for you and for your family first and hold the boundaries that you need to hold and trust that that will actually what, that will actually be what takes you to your next level of success. Always, no matter what level of success you're at in your business or in your life. And that overextending your boundaries will keep you stuck. Totally. And we often think like we have to overextend ourselves to be able to grow and to do more, have more. Nope. <laughs> that's interesting. Boundaries. Yeah. That's a challenging one. I, um, oh, I had a thought, but I lost it about that. Tell me about the future of the Jane app. What do you think that the next one to five years holds for your company? Oh, I, um, we just doubled our, the dev team in this last round of hiring. So because we've grown without, um, outside investment, we've grown, um, which is very normal for all small businesses. Every getting into the tech world was kind of funny because it's pretty unusual to grow on revenue. You usually take investment and sell part of your company and you anyway, but we were like, okay, well, we're making, you know, this much more money this month. That's enough to hire another person. So then we'd say, so what role should we fill? And I would always win. And so the customer team grew much faster than the product. <laughs> so Trevor had to code a lot on his own for a very long time. But um, this last year, we just hired about, I think, 20 more coders. Did we just hire 20? We're hiring a ton more. So all of a sudden, we're going to have a lot more development capacity. Oh, and we never started, we never finished talking about why we are, why we seem to be new in the U.S., Okay. Yes. Um, so anyway, the coders are all, we're going to, we're going to move a lot faster this year on product development. Um, so there's a couple of new feature sets that we have that are almost launching. There's so many fun, fun, cool things that we get to add. Um, and the list is long. If you go to our feature request list, it's like thousands and thousands of 
of oh, wow. thousands. That's, of that's really good though for your customers to know because they might be thinking like, I've asked for this feature improvement so many times and I know all my friends have too, but yet there's thousands of requests well, on your list. The thing is you think that's what people would respond with, but a lot of people respond with kind of frustration, like, I can't find my request on your list. And we're like, exactly, there's so many. And what we're trying to always do is say like, what's gonna be the best feature for the most, like the biggest number of clients because mm-hmm. everybody's in the same version of Jane. And then sometimes people are like, I don't want it to work this way in the feature request list. And they're having an argument and we're just like, this is just so fascinating. <laughs> um, but for the US thing, I just wanted to finish that quickly actually. Um, we uh, started in, BC, and then we grew into Canada. And then the reason we we were starting to prep all of our U.S. insurance features, um, and we probably thought we were going to need another about six months, but then all of a sudden, um, Practice Fusion stopped the free version and started charging, and um, Orchestra One uh, shut down. So two things happened in the exact same month um, where different softwares that a lot of car was were using shut down or changed their model. And so people started looking around, like, what else is out there? And all of a sudden, we had all of these signups start coming in from U.S. Cairo specifically. And so we're like, ah, okay, we got to get these features done. And so we just started pushing hard on finishing our the U.S. insurance features. Um, so that was only a year and a half ago. So there's still a second half of the, the insurance features that are in development and are still getting so close. Um, and we're actually just talking, we're just working on the integration with a the clearinghouse of direct integration so people can upload and download their um, EDIs and their ERAs. But anyway, all of that is is coming and is going to even increase in speed because now we have these new devs. Um, but that was, yeah, a year and a half ago. So that probably is, is why we feel newer. But we have mm-hmm. a very solid base. I like to say that starting in Canada was actually fantastic because we really perfected our base. Um, we also just spent a year working on our infrastructure and our teams so that we could scale more quickly. And then now we're just 2020. It's the year. It's gonna. We're gonna go. I feel like this is again really uh, key information for clients, potential clients, especially to know because if if I could think of like one perhaps hesitation that people in our community have shared about using Jane is that it's so new. Yeah, they're not new. <laughs> what about, like, we don't know what kind of totally, problems might be with it. What if they just shut down because it's Absolutely. so new? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a real concern. Actually, I was thinking about that the other day because our first, like, 200 clients, I'm like, looking back, I'm like, I can't believe you trusted us to just, like, <laughs> do you have a child in the background yelling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's my toddler. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to tell. mine are at school this is why i come i do my i do podcasts at home because the office is even too noisy because there's so many people in there now so i do them from home um but yeah we're uh i I was thinking it's very it was very brave of some of those early adopters to take a chance on jane back in in 2014 um and actually none of them have canceled of our first 250 clients we haven't we haven't had a single cancel wow amazing that is really amazing. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That is yeah, thank really you. Amazing. Thank you. I, people feel the same way about their patients <laughs> that I feel about our customers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, when we can't, when we celebrate at Jane, we celebrate every individual customer, regardless of the size. So we have, we don't, we don't post like the revenue from that customer or how many licenses they are. 
we just post like their individual sign up. And we were just thinking about how we treat, because every customer is equally as important, regardless of size. Um, it's, to, it's created a culture unintentionally, but just because that's what we look at. And so if one person cancels, we're like, oh, please tell us why. And we're going to make that better. And hopefully one day we'll see you again. Um, but it doesn't matter what size they are. Everybody is equally as important the same way that patients are. It's like everybody's, everybody's so unique. So, yeah. Cool. I love hearing the, the insights and the inside perspective um, from something I've watched only from the outside yeah. and seen a lot of people get excited about and other people like, wonder about <laughs> and I feel for for our community of women in chiropractic it's for a long time been especially a long time I mean we're talking like a year and a half right like the perception has been that Jane is a really great program to go with if you're going to build what we would call an aligned practice from the, from the start like you're not taking out a business loan for a hundred thousand dollars to start yeah. up you're renting a room somewhere and you're starting by um bootstrapping it and going out and building relationships and building your practice primarily by referrals. And then of course, um, online marketing as well. And when I say online marketing, I mostly mean like free organic online marketing. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, everyone, everyone, I use that term loosely seems to feel like Jane is a great option for that kind of practice, but I can also hear, um, that, what I'm learning is Jane can be a great option for practices that are larger and that are accepting insurances as well, which I really don't think that I was aware of the extent to which your program can work for that audience. Yeah, there's, um, we're, yeah, we're, we're being used for insurance billing in uh, thousands of practices actually throughout the U S so, and it's something that we're, we're never done. So we're never, ever done. And I am one of my faults for sure is that I don't celebrate um, successes for very long. I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, let's move on. And my poor team's like, we just did something great. And I'm like, yeah, it was great. Let's, what are we going to do now? Cause I always love the journey towards the next thing. I love the yeah. journey. So when we get there, I don't spend enough time celebrating, but there's, there's so, there's always so much to do and we're, it will never stop improving um but we're we're about halfway um you can download insurance files and upload them to clearing houses like i said um but the era the automatic era is just in it's just being finalized right now and then that will come out um and then we'll work on the direct integration so we're, ha we're having some exciting conversations with the clearing house right now about new mexico that i'm slightly obsessed with <laughs> and i'm just like i I get really excited about U.S. insurance, which is a bit ridiculous. I, Most I know of us in the U.S. are not excited it's about it so at all. Fascinating! It's so fascinating. It's so kind of broken and fascinating. And but also, I'm like, it's a place where Jane could be really helpful. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because there is, you don't want to do your clinical notes and you don't want to do insurance billing. Totally understand that. So, yeah. is there a way that Jane could be helpful? and make that a bit of an easier process, especially for smaller clinics or people that are going off on their own. Oh, actually, that reminds me. If people are working under 10 treatments a week, um, I'm sort of interested to know if there's some like pricing help we could do for people when they're really getting started. So if you're thinking about Jane and you work under 10 treatments a week, just let us know. Um, Cause I really also, I've opened a clinic and I know what it's like, the capital costs at the beginning are really challenging. Um, and so any little bit of help is helpful. And so if people are working under 10 treatments a week, I'm, 
I'd like to see what we can do to help out there. So if you're, if you are already using Jane or you're thinking about using Jane and you're doing under 10 treatments a week, let us know. Awesome. That's really cool. How, what would be the best way for someone in that scenario to contact your company? Oh, they can email, um, which is just support at janeapp.com or there's a contact form on our website, which is jane.app. Um, there's also tons of videos and we don't um, gate any content. So you don't have to be a customer to see any of our support or videos or anything. So you can go on there and learn a lot of things about Jane right there. Um, and we have a demo site people can access to if they want to poke around just with it's filled with fake data. So they just have to let us know that they want access to that and we can open that up. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Well, Alison, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really uh, fun to chat with you and again, to get to learn more about the company. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share about the Jane app or the company itself before we wrap it up? Um, no, other than we're always looking for feedback. So even if people look at Jane and decide not to go with Jane, we would uh, be so appreciative of any very honest, transparent feedback about the reasons why, just because we're always trying to improve. And that's incredibly helpful to us. Um, and I really like your gold microphone. That is my final piece. <laughs> it looks gold maybe under the lights, but it's actually silver. If I look it up, it's gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gold plated. Like, <laughs> that would be very like uh, Michael Jackson ish 1980s. <laughs> I'm still appreciating it. <laughs> well, so thank you again so much for your time today. Yeah, nice to meet you and see you in person. Well, I mean online, as close to in person. Yes. <laughs> thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you love this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic. Think of your classmates and the woman who practice near you. Is there one who you know is tired, overwhelmed, exhausted, or just burned out? If so, let her know about the Aligned Women podcast right away. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into Aligned Women's proven method for women in chiropractic on how you can have more time freedom and more financial freedom, how you can build a practice full of the right patients, not just more of them, and how you can feel confident that you're making the impact you were born to make as a chiropractor. Be sure to grab the Aligned Chiropractors Survival Guide at AlignedChiroSurvivalGuide.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.